This is The Shift Podcast. Coming up on The Shift Daily Podcast, we dispatch joy to all of Canada. I'm going to try and say his name right, because as you're about to hear on the interview on the podcast, Gurdip Pander. I think I got it pretty close. We're trying to pronounce everybody's name right, that's for sure. Gurdip, you might know him from Twitter. He dances Bangra and dispatches joy to all of Canada. Not only do we understand pronunciation, but Gurdip explains different ways that Sikh Heritage Month matters and how Canadians can take some time and understand it. Are you okay with eye drops gluing your eyes shut? That's a thing later in the podcast. Plus, Blaine Kylo steps in with the technological world and highlights all of the news from Apple's big conference. Joy is a big word. It's really not a big word, but it's actually, to me, one of the biggest of the words. And there's a, a gentleman that I'm a big fan of. Uh, he's a handsome devil. He's a dancer. And uh, he hears, uh, he's here with us now on The Shift. His name is Gurdip Pander. Um, Gurdip, how are you? I'm doing great, Shane. How about yourself? I'm, I'm wonderful, thank you. You are up in the Yukon. You, um, you post your dancing videos, dancing Bhangra, and you... Um, uh, the entire country seems to have embraced you. It's it's really cool to watch. Uh, is it cold? Let's just get this out of the way. Is it springtime yet at the cabin? I think uh, starting uh, this week, I'm noticing a big shift. Uh, spring in the Yukon, I would say in the whole north, is late. It's about one month late than uh, than the people in the south. Uh, but starting this week, I'm noticing considerably like temperatures are rising up uh, uh, snow is melting so fast uh, yeah slowly slowly we are coming to t-shirt weather <laughs> to uh the uh, mother nature's waking up which is kind of cool to see that's for sure uh Gurdip, one of the reasons why we're here today i reached out to you a few weeks ago and i said hey let's get you back on the show let's find out what's going on and you said to me you said how about seek heritage month and this was a dynamite idea. So we uh, we sort of made this plan to get together and, and have a conversation. And I think one of the things that I've learned an awful lot that I don't know an awful lot about the Sikh faith. And <clears throat> Sikh Heritage Month is is incredibly important. And I think it's a really great opportunity for us to maybe share with Canadians um, the cool things about the faith and why Sikh Heritage Month matters. And by the way, I realize I don't say it quite right. The Sikh versus the Sikh. Um, so please correct me and help me uh, get the pronunciations right because I'm determined to get better at that. So um, why, why, what is this month and why is it so important? Okay, great question. And first of all, as you asked me, let, let's do first pronunciation thing. So majority of people in Western world, they pronounce as Sikh like uh, like that. Mm -hmm. But correct pronunciation is sick. Um, like it's like a similar way you will say Tim, right? Like T-I-M. Mm. So that way, like uh, sick, like sick uh, instead of seek. So that's the, that's the correct pronunciation. If you want to try, you can now. I will try it. Yep. So sick. Yeah, sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. A lot of improvement. <laughs> okay, great. I'll keep trying it. I know that pander is the like anglicized version of your last name too. So how do I properly pronounce that? Uh, it is pander. 
Oh, wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> and my first Pundere. name is... Pundere? Yeah, and my first name is uh, Gurdeep. Pundere. Yeah, Gurdeep Pundere. Gurdeep Pundere. That's closer. Yeah, this is a little hard, but no worries. No worries. I'm cool the way you pronounce it. <laughs> well, I'd rather, I would rather try to get it and be wrong than not try at all. So thank you for that. Okay, now your next question. Um, so uh, Sikh Heritage Month in Canada um, is celebrated every April uh, throughout the country uh, just to recognize the contribution of Sikh Canadians, uh, also to learn about them, uh, also about uh, now there is one of the biggest visible minority in Canada. You see them everywhere in every province, in territory. Um, uh, and uh, and and they are quite uh, visible in Canadian politics as well. Um, so so it's great that our government they recognized the need of doing this. So Sikhism as a faith it started around uh, 500 plus years in Punjab area, which I would say that in South Asia. Uh, so at that time uh, the founder. His name was Guru Nanak. He actually created this faith. Um, Sikh means student, like a learner. Uh, it means that uh, you are a learner. You are, not a, you are not a teacher. You are not a professor. You are just a student throughout, throughout the life, and you have been mm -hmm. learning things. So it's very simple meaning. So people who followed Guru Nanak, they are considered his students. So that's how word Sikh uh, came into existence. And, and Guru Nanak did not like uh, created like sort of establishment, like, uh, like organization. It, it, it became very naturally like uh, those are the students, those are learners, and they are Sikhs. <laughs> that's how things started. So Guru Nanak, he was very revolutionary person. Like he was born... Uh, at the time when there was a lot of rituals in the society, a lot of uh, conservative con conservatism, a lot of uh, um, uh, inequality in the society, uh, all kind of inequality like uh, gender inequality, uh, inequality based on uh, your income or social status. Uh, so he started preaching. Uh, very revolutionary ideas like, hey, we are all people, we are equal. Uh, there's no difference between uh, a man and a woman. There's no difference between a rich person and a poor person. Everybody is same. Uh, uh, um, let's respect uh, everyone, even from the other faiths. Uh, so some people started liking his ideas. Hey, these are good ideas. And those people who got attracted to his ideas uh, Obviously, they were first people of this faith. Uh, they were first six. So that's how it, it, it started. And uh, it continued until 10th Guru. Because Guru Nanak was first Guru. When he was about to pass away, he decided to appoint another person, the next Guru. And when uh, second Guru was about to pass away, uh, that person appointed a third person as, as the next guru. So it continued until 10th guru. When 10th guru, he decided to abolish this tradition of appointing next person as guru. 
and uh, he said that guru gobind singh was uh, last guru that uh, nowadays i'm not going to point any human guru nowadays the book which is a holy book in sikhism is called guru granth sahib that is going to be your next guru so for six um uh, their 11th guru which is permanent guru is holy book guru granth sahib uh it's it's so cool um what what's something that as canadians we misunderstand about um the celebration i think i have the context right so correct me if i don't um because i've been studying with my my buddy kuljeet and so in the cel- in the celebration of sikhi what what is um what's one thing that canadians generally misunderstand although nowadays i think uh, people are becoming more and more aware but i think the biggest misconception still remains the identity like six if uh, like majority of six they wear turbans and uh, due to that they are put in in a in a different category and uh, uh, and and people do not recognize their true identity uh, that why they wear turbans what was the need why so i i would like to bring a little bit to his historic perspective um about 300 years ago in that area uh, where uh, i'm talking about punjab it was under mughal rulers like if i take back to history like mughal rulers were people who came from uh, uh, other arabic countries and they they took over the whole of uh, south asia indian subcontinent and just started ruling over there and they declared that uh, hey uh, everybody should accept uh, their religion and uh, whoever uh, uh, refused to accept that um, that person uh, uh, would be killed um, so due to force everybody was being converted to uh, their religion which was predominantly uh, uh, muslim religion so people were getting converted to islam on mass scale with the use of force um, and in that way uh, they they asked ninth sikh guru to convert his religion to their religion which he refused and he, and they killed him that uh, uh, that if we are not going to get yourself converted and we are just going to kill then the 10th guru he decided to do something to stop he decided uh, to create uh, an army and he decided to uh, bring a change the way a religion was before that because before that religion used to be sort of uh, people just sitting and peacefully meditating he gathered everybody he said that today we will make our religion as khalsa khalsa means pure like someone who is pure which means that we are going to create a khalsa army so during that time uh, he dictated 10th guru that uh, starting today every sikh will would wear a turban as a part of uniform every sikh person will keep a sword 24/7 um yeah so what is also misconception in canadian uh, um among majority of uh, canadians uh then why there's a need 
So that's why at that time there was a need because like whole humanity was in danger. Mm-hmm. And he dictated that because there was a danger to life 24-7. Uh, you need to keep the sword with yourself 24-7 for your protection. Because uh, those Mughal rulers, they were just after everyone who was, uh, who was non, um, non-Muslim. So mm-hmm. although, although there's nothing wrong with the, with the religion, actually I would say that those people at that time. Yeah. So, uh, so that's how turban or kirpan, which we, we say sword in Sikhism, Sikhism started. And then they went on war against those very powerful kings or rulers, Mughal rulers, and they protected dignity of human humanity. They protected human rights at that time. They protected people from uh, forcibly getting converted to another religion. They protected uh, uh, Sikh religion. They also protected Hindu religion, which was two other religion at that time. So by creating Khalsa, uh, they uh, like uh, they created such a spirit among people who previously used to be like uh, peacefully meditators into warriors. That's why. Uh, Sikhs are now known as warriors. So that's how turban or that's how kirpan or sword came into existence in Sikhism, which continued until today. Like these days, still Sikhs wear turban. um, And some Sikhs who are like baptized Sikhs, they still carry kirpan. I think these are pretty much uh, misconceptions among uh, not everyone, but among a lot of uh, mainstream Canadians. Uh, I think... Learning about uh, each other, it brings awareness, it brings uh, uh, like education, why they do it, what was the need of this. So when people hear these background stories, then they realize, like I had discussions with many people and when they learned all these background stories, then they said that, oh my God, that was very important actually. Uh, uh, so, so, but... Uh, but I'm, ho- I'm I'm very hopeful person. I I, I believe that uh, that uh, that uh, more and more in future people will learn about uh, the faith, and more and more education will remove more and more barriers, and people will come together. Uh, and at the end of the day, we are <laughs> humans. We are all people. We just have different styles of uh, doing things, but uh, but we are all people. Uh, so so these were uh, the misconceptions still. I, well, I I would agree with you. I think that one of the coolest things we can ever do is understand our neighbor's family and heritage and all those pieces. I think that that's where we get a real understanding of, of other people is to sort of know some of those background stories. And um, so what I've learned here, I think is one of the coolest pieces is the purity piece is the live as naturally and open-hearted as you can, which I find really connects well with your dancing, right? When you, and this is what I was curious about was your, your dancing of joy and, and sending joy to all of Canada and, and all of those, those pieces. I mean, that, that really is that, that purity of heart moment. I mean, that's as much, I mean, it is a gift that you're intentionally giving to others at the same time. You're, I think you're just living inside your heart and your faith and, and, just being it in that moment. Is that safe? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like in, in, in Sikh heritage, in Sikh faith, like, uh, like giving is called seva. 
like uh, service to humanity is very important. Uh, like if you go to a Sikh Gurdwara, like a Sikh place of worship, you'll see uh, like free uh, langar or free kitchen to everyone, uh, whoever that person is. Uh, and, and same way through dancing, I feel that I'm doing uh, seva, I'm doing that service, like, uh, like spreading joy, spreading happiness, uh, uh, bringing that optimism, bringing that hope, uh, um, especially these days when uh, it's been so long time we are being in this uh, global pandemic and people are, some people are really fed up with it and, uh, and, uh, and they are losing that hope of being, being happy. So by, by, by reminding every single day that, that hope still exists and let's hold on to it, last, last, uh, there will be one new day um, when we will, be co- we will come out of this. Uh, so, so me by dancing, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling so wonderful to spread this optimism. And also for me as a person, I, I also feel very happy, like, uh, uh, like uh, distributing this positivity, dispatching um, it. I feel that, uh, that, uh, that is, is, is the gift of smile or gift of uh, joy is the best gift gift you can offer to someone these days. And that's a perfect place to, to finish the conversation. I think, um, I, I'm grateful for you. I, I really appreciate it. I think I'm lucky I get to sit down and have these conversations with you, which I thoroughly look forward to every time we do get the chance. And um, so thank you for last month bringing to my attention Sikh Heritage Month in Canada and the importance of that. And it doesn't have to be something that, I mean, everyone has some of their own faith things. It doesn't challenge that. But learning some of the history behind it and the peace and the love and the natural living and the reason why, you know, being authentic and, and not trimming a beard or, or whatever is, is a thing is pretty exciting. And I think that you've brought all of that to all of us here on the shift. And not only that, the attentiveness to um, the Sikh Heritage Month in general, which uh, is awesome, frankly. So thank you for that. Thank you so much, Shane, for having me. It is always wonderful to talk to you. I also quite appreciate your smile. Like uh, when you interview, uh, I feel your your joyful energy and all that positivity. And thank you so much. And always, it once again, it was great to be in your show. Thank you. Uh, Gurdip Pondera. I think I got it right. We're going to try that in a second. I, he dispatches joy to all of Canada, dancing Bhangra from the Yukon. Check it out on Twitter. Uh, you're going to see his stuff on YouTube as well. Give it a Google. Uh, Gurdip is G-U-R-D-E-E-P and P-A-N-D-H-E-R. That's how he spells last name. It'll be worth it. If you ever want to put a smile on your face, that is the guy who's going to do it, hands down, without a doubt. But here's the thing that I've learned is I've learned that I don't work hard enough to try to say the names authentically and uh, just try. And I think that's one of the things that we've learned. We have one of our coworkers here, Anita. Uh, Nita, uh, you might have seen her on TV on the West Coast on Global. Um, she's asked that we change how we pronounce her name to the uh, respecting the heritage of her name. It was really cool stuff. We've got her scheduled to be with us tomorrow. And so in the spirit of having more than one name, I have a friend of mine. His name is Ricky. He has two names, Ricky and Kuljeet. And I'm curious what it's like to grow up inside the Sikh heritage uh, 
inside Canada. Now, uh, Kaljeet is Canadian-born. So we've got all kinds of things going on with Sikh Heritage Month. Sikh, Sikh Heritage Month. I'm trying hard to get it right. Um, in Canada. And not only do we have that, but we're learning the fact that I think we can all work harder at just trying to say people's names properly. I mean, it's a name. Why wouldn't we try? Doesn't get much more personal than that, does it? Of uh, showing up for a friend? Okay, guys, I want you to try and say uh, Gurdip's name properly. You up for it? Want to try? Okay. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right, who wants to go first? I'll go. I'll, I've got I'll I've go. got the clip for you, so I'll play okay. it for you. This this is the this okay. is I, oh, I grabbed this. Yeah, so so you can hear this. Sweet. So he, here's here is the uh, the proper pronunciation from the gentleman himself. Gurdip Pandir. Do you want to hear it again? No, I got it. Gurdip Pandir. Pretty good, I would say. Gurdip Pandir. Yeah, All right. Gurdip Pandir. Okay. Okay. Um, you ready for it, Brandon? Yeah, one more. Gurdip Pandir. Gurdip Pandera. There's Pandera. Hey, I think it's, yeah. Not bad. Gurdip Pandera. It's pretty good. Gurdip Pandera. I don't know, man. When we see our brothers and our sisters in the streets, our neighbors and everything else, it seems to me like a great place to start. We've had so many conversations about race and uh, over the last year and a bit. Um, that have been really, really hard. And we've always said, uh, you know, that self-awareness of showing up in a conversation and just being present to the conversation is probably the best place to start. And now as I look at all of those things that we've talked about over the course of the last however many months, yeah, let's let's work on trying to say the names right. So Sikh and Gurdip Pendera. This is The Shift Podcast. Are you okay? Are you okay is a little piece where we take some stories. Some of them are weird. Some of them are not. And we uh, ask for your contribution. Are you okay with bobcats? Like the animal bobcats, uh, I guess they they well, look I'm assuming cool. not the construction things, I'm assuming. No. Uh, but I will say bobcats is a really good name for a sports team because you could make a mascot named Bob the cat. Or you could just have a guy and his name is Cat. So it's versatile. <laughs> All right. So are you okay with the Bobcats? Brennan, how are you feeling? Oh, am I okay with Bobcats? Yeah. yeah sure. No, I'm... Um, see, I, initially I thought it was excavators, which I am okay with. But the actual cats, Bobcats, I've never met one. So I can't have an opinion. Drive a skid steer, man. Those are fun. Although the bobcat is different. You use your feet differently when you drive a bobcat. And so you have to have some pretty coordinated pedal work on the bobcat. Yeah, I went to a bobcat show for one of the promotions for the radio stations here. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, It's cool, right? Yeah, it was. I get, yeah. sucked in, I get sucked into those videos on Instagram all the time on the reels where I... Um, I start watching construction videos and then I keep watching them like excavators and all these different track hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, this is so cool. And then I realize I've had a day of doing a lot of it when my feed fills up with all construction stuff. I'm like, okay, time to back away on the, uh, on the, uh, construction videos. Okay. So bobcats, the animals, I guess don't mess with a happy Wade or his wife. Um, North Carolina man is being hailed 
for his steely nerves after he pulled a rabid bobcat off his wife and threw it across the lawn. What? All right. Um, it was a big dramatic encounter. It got captured on surveillance video from their house. Happy and Christy were about to take their own cat to the vet in North Carolina a couple weeks ago when the bobcat attacked them. Here's from local station WECT. Happy and Christy Wade leaving their house to take their senior cat, Caroline Faith, to the vet. When Christy came out of their garage, she heard a growl. I knew it was cat because I know what a cat sounds like. Um, but it sounded like a very angry cat. So when Christy backs up to see what it is, the face of this bobcat came around the corner of the car. Christy tried to run between the cars to the street, bit my hand, and um, I kind of drug it with me and it crawled up my back. Christy's husband, Happy, heard the screams and immediately knew something was hurting his wife. He came running around the car. I just remember seeing this, this face and it was trying to bite her right there in the side of the neck. And so I shoved, I shoved my arm in, and that's how why I ended up with it like this. I'm holding this thing up. And at that point, I say, oh, my God, it's a bobcat. I really didn't know what it was. Happy says as soon as he saw it was a bobcat, he knew something had to be wrong with the animal. I knew that it had to have had something. And so I figured it was rabies. The cat bit Happy three times while he was holding it. And I could literally feel the tooth on my knuckle. So he tried to get it as far away from him and his wife as he could. I thought, I'll throw it this way, two options. One, it'll see an escape route and it'll take off. Or it'll stop just a moment where I can get a good shot at it. I guess he keeps a gun in his pocket. <laughs> That's North Carolina, man. Um... Wow, that video. Like, he hurls that cat across the yard. He that cat. Like, he eats wow. it. Oh, man. Now, the in the video, uh, he the cat actually runs back towards the car and does not run the other way. Mm -hmm. And uh, he did not get a good shot at him uh, as he casually tosses out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he pulls the pistol out of his pants um, after taking off in pursuit. I'm going to shoot that effer, he shouts, disappearing from view. <laughs> Don't blame him. He's angry. Yeah, he just got I bit. Yeah. Um, the Pender County Sheriff uh, confirmed that the bobcat was killed in the couple's neighborhood that day and that it tested positive for rabies. So it did work out. So make sure no one else got hurt. And he stepped into that, too. The Wades were treated for minor injuries and given rabies shots after the incident happened. Oh, my. Um, how terrifying would that be? Meow. Not okay with bobcats anymore. No, that wow. that like uh what do you call it? That growl from the bobcat bobcat was loud, like way louder than I thought a bobcat could get. It almost sounds like yeah. demonic possession. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could go there. Definitely. <laughs> That's a that, I would not have gone there, but that sounds like it's something that you could probably go to. I... Now, did we uh, did we ever get the other idea that we had talked about for this? No, did we grab that? Oh uh, no, no, we don't have it no. handy. All right, too bad. All right, we had another idea. Never mind. Pretend that didn't happen. Show meeting over. Are you okay? Are you okay with eye drops? I find them weird, actually. 
I don't like things. Like trying to keep, try, in, yeah, trying to keep my eyes open. Yeah, I don't like things in and around my eyes at all. My yeah. dad has a thing about that. He hates them. And, and trying to put eye drops in my dad's eyes, man, he's mm. a full-grown man. And boy, oh boy, does he hate it. It's easy to hate. It, it's like the most one of the most sensitive parts of your entire body. As someone who wears contacts almost every day, I'm fine putting my finger pretty much in my eye to put one on, but I'm not okay with an eye drop. I don't know why. Do you remember the um do you remember the story we had a bunch of weeks ago about the lady um who ran out of hairspray or hair gel and she used was it gorilla glue? It was gorilla glue. <laughs> spray spray gorilla glue on her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they had to cut it all off. Yep. Because she literally had Gorilla Glue hair, and uh, it was a very, very sad story. I don't think it was very comfortable for her. Well, turns out this might be a, you know, soulmate thing. I don't know. A, F- a Florida woman made a simple mistake that nearly cost her her vision. Um, Yasidra Williams told WXYZ that she was still groggy after waking up in the middle of the night. When she went to remove her contact lenses. Now, if you've fallen asleep with your contact lenses in your eyes, I mean, I don't wear them, but I've seen my kids go through that, and they're like, oh, I fell asleep with my contacts. It's terrible. So what did she do? Well, Ysidra went to her purse, and she grabbed her eye drops. At least she thought she did. Instead, turns out she's also a fan of nice nails. Oh, no. She grabbed her nail glue. Here's more from WXYZ. I was like, oh my goodness. And I, I, it dropped in my eye and I tried to wipe it away and it sealed my eyes shut. A dangerous mistake for Yasidra Williams. She had been fast asleep when she woke up and wanted to take her contacts out, but her eyes were dry. So she grabbed what she thought were eye drops from her purse, then realized too late she had grabbed a small bottle of nail glue instead. I just started throwing cold water and I was trying to pull my eyes apart, but I couldn't. And I was just screaming for him to call 911. I grabbed the phone. I said, you sure you want to dare call 911? It was completely shut. If it's any comfort to her, she's not the first person to make this mistake. Dr. C. Isidra did the right thing by immediately flushing her eye with water. If you ever get anything in your eye, the immediate thing to do is try and flush your eye out. Just either hold your head under a faucet, get a bottle of water, Hold your eye open and just flood your eye. Uh, You'll make a mess, but you may save your vision. Thankfully, an ambulance rushed her to the hospital where doctors were able to open her eye and remove her contact lens. They said that actually that contact saved my vision. They kept saying, you'll probably lose your lashes, which I I did, um, because they had to pull on it and flip the top of my lid. Oh, Oh, my God. That's worse than that. It's not the most uncomfortable story that i've heard in a long time i just panic i i get that way when i have a contact that gets stuck in the back of my eye you know eventually it'll move forward but you just got to wait it out but it sucks so much that would have been the most terrifying night this is why you take your contacts out before you go to sleep well and my thought was is what if it glued her contact to her eyeball and all that stuff but it turns out it saved um it saved it because it protected it which is absolutely mind-blowing and i every time something like that happens like the moment last night when we talked about the guy that tried to slash his neighbor's tires and he ended up cutting off his own finger um the moment there's this moment as a human 
where something happens. I call it the instant. It's the instant where you go, oh, sh-. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whoops. And that feeling where your stomach sinks, whether you're just like cutting some cantaloupe or whatever, and you just give yourself a, a nick where you need a stitch. Like the, there is a moment that hits you in the belly like no other moment in life. And that's, I would assume, what that lady went through. Absolutely. No question. Can I tell you a really funny story about the time I slept with my contacts in, though? Oh, boy. So I have really terrible vision. Really terrible. Always have. And I fell asleep with my contacts in once. I woke up, and my eyes were dry, but I could see perfectly. And for a split second, I thought, a miracle from God has happened. My vision is here. Oh, my. This is a miracle. I, I have... I can't believe this. And then the second I realized my heart sank all the way to my feet and then my eyes hurt. <laughs> it just sucked. <laughs> oh, see, that's the moment, right? Yeah, that's the moment. I had that oh moment. my goodness. All right. 877-399-9898. You're welcome to call and text. Are you okay? Are you okay with Safari? I hate Safari. The only thing worse than Safari is Internet Explorer. They are the two absolute worst browsers in the history of browsers. I'm a Firefox person. I can go with that. Me too. Yeah. 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 So I'm not okay like with Firefox. Safari. No. Yeah. I, I I haven't used Safari since I started using Google Chrome. Although Google Fr- Chrome kind of breaks my computer. So it's kind of a trade off. Yeah, but Chrome watches so much stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Listens to you, tells you right, like that. That's like the Remembers whole Google Nest conversation. We, yeah, we just had all those things. Your credit card, right? Like, I mean, I realize they all do that, but the, um, you know, the, <laughs> telling you your 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 radar in your room is not moving enough. Come on, big fella, you know, throw a little back into it. Are you okay with Safari? A suspected poacher was trampled to death after running into a herd of elephants. (laughs) Oof. All right. This is taking a turn that we did not expect here on the shift. Um, Anyway, uh, worst possible time on Saturday in what South Africa National Parks released described as an unfortunate elephant incident. Uh, Unfortunate, it's true. The man was one of three suspected rhino poachers whom park ra- whom whom park Oops. rangers he was one of three park rangers were chasing oh maybe that could be grammatically yeah, correct yep. um, well whom and him that's the way that the grammar works there if, if it's him if the answer could be him it's whom uh, the man was one of three suspected rhino poachers whom park rangers were chasing through Kruger National Park at the time. Sand Park said in a news release, when they realized they had been spotted, the suspected poachers dropped an axe and a bag with their provisions in an attempt to escape from the rangers. Officials also recovered a rifle. Uh, poachers, man, I, that that stinks me up something fierce. Mm-hmm. Poachers. Rangers pursued three suspects with dogs and air support, and they eventually caught up with one who said his accomplice had run into a herd of breeding elephants. Oh, no. But he did not know what happened after that. It's unclear how many elephants were involved in this little party. (laughs) 
But a uh, single uh, adult African uh, elephant can weigh up to 3.3 tons. I didn't know elephants were swingers. The suspect ultimately died of his injuries. (laughs) Air quotes. Injuries. It is unfortunate that a life was unnecessarily lost. Gareth Coleman, the managing executive of Kruger National Park, said in a statement, uh, Kruger National Park is one of Africa's largest game reserves and home to thousands of African elephants. It's not the first time something like this has happened in Kruger National Park. Here's a story from France 24 News from just two years ago. A suspected poacher suffering a gruesome death in South Africa's Kruger Park, shedding light really on the poaching business. Yeah, and, and our reactions to uh, these kind of deaths as well. That The man in question, uh, the suspected poacher, was uh, trampled to death by an elephant and then eaten by lions in a story that went viral. Uh, many on, on social media celebrating his death as poetic justice, as mm. karma, as a victory for the animals. But uh, it's prompted an editorial from the Chicago Tribune today which in which the editors say his death speaks not to, I quote, a rich man's pleasure hunt gone bad, but a low-level actor in a global trade of rhino horns and elephant ivory. Killing the poacher won't stop the poaching. Um, Larry, dead poacher, good riddance loser. (laughs) Rob, elephants one, poachers zero. Steve, what do you call the... Gross stuff between elephant toes. Poachers. <laughs> um, elephant karma. The elephant stomp. You know, I'm not one to believe in karma, like that there's some sort of um, payback system, right? I sort of always subscribe to the, you know, you you get what you create. So if you create the negativity, like, you know what I mean? And then it, it's eventually going to bite you. But every now and then, that notion that I carry gets challenged. This is one of those times where I go, yeah, karma. Because here's the quote. Um, It's unfortunate that a life was unnecessarily lost, said Gareth Coleman. And this is what my brain says. As he turns around and goes, yes, yes, away from the camera. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, like someone died, but they probably uh, were in a situation where that was the job they had to do to provide. And it's a shame that they were in that position. And, that you know, that's part of the tragedy here. But at the same time, if a poacher is going to die, that's kind of the way to go out, right? That's the that's the trade-off. Is, yeah, you, you well, can go th- kill rhinos, but you might get impaled by one. Well, and I, I get that part of the story, right? You get an awful lot of pirates are in the world are really, really broke. That's why they do it. At the same time, though, usually in those organizations, you take your tusks to a place where a really rich person takes it to market. So um, I think everybody knows what they sign up for for that. So I don't carry a lot of pity um, for somebody who gets killed by the animal that they're stalking because it's not like they're trying to beat them in an arm wrestle, right? One of these Mm. beasts has weapons. One does not. And, um, and, um, you know, it's, it's especially in protected areas. Like if you want to hunt, you go hunt, you know, go hunt, have your meat, have your food. I'm not saying that that's not a good thing, but that's not what's happening here. This is full on poaching you know what you're in for. That's why you have a rifle, so you can do it from far away. Um, and if that's the way you go, then you, I mean, you created that, brother. Sorry to say. And uh, we can say, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that a human died here. We'll tell you what, if everything had gone as planned, 
a bunch of elephants and rhinos were going to die. So, mm. right? It's the Shift Podcast. Okay, it's time for us to tap into Blaine Kylo and the technological world as he joins us from the wet coast. Blainer, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Exciting day for you today. Do you get do you like set an alarm? Do you get all excited and put on like a tux? What, for Apple press briefings? Yeah, for these press briefing days. Not just Apple. I didn't mean like specifically Apple. I just meant when well, these electronics companies come up with new stuff. You don't have to put on a tux. You wear your pajamas <laughs> i just thought maybe you were super excited by it you know what's interesting is the these media events used to be media events and now they're everybody events they don't gate access because everything's online so anybody could have watched the apple briefing yesterday and learned everything that i'm about to talk about now um, that's one of the things that has been hastened, I think, by the pandemic. We were already kind of headed that direction anyway. Um, but now the gate between the manufacturers and the producers of these things and the consumers of these things, we used to provide more of a medium in between those things. And we're not quite so important anymore. No, you're always important in my heart, though, Blaine Kylo. Don't worry. That's so nice of you to say. It is nice. I was all about chips, really, wasn't it? All of this new Apple stuff that came out today. Where do we go first? Well, it was really interesting. Um, the M1 chip. So Apple has been making its own silicon for a bit now, and they made a big splash last fall with the M1 silicon um, going into the MacBook Air, and then it subsequently went into the MacBook Pro 13-inch model and the Mac Mini. And this is a, so it's an all-on-one chip. So it's not, you don't have to have different chips to do different things. Um, Apple's building it themselves. It is highly efficient. And they're now putting this M1 chip into other things like a new iPad Pro and a new iMac. And because the chip is so efficient and powerful, it is improving graphics and computer processing like between 40 and 50% on the new iPad Pro, depending on what you're currently using. Because it's more efficient, it doesn't get as hot and your battery life is way better. And so with an iPad, having all that extra processing power as well as um, extra battery life just means that you've got a better product. They've also added a Thunderbolt connection onto the iPad Pro as opposed to just the lightning connector. And what that means is you can connect high bandwidth transfer devices like external storage or high uh, resolution displays. So all of a sudden your iPad Pro with this new M1 chip becomes a real workhouse for creative industries. So you can actually do real-time photo and video processing on your iPad in ways that you couldn't before. Very cool. The move in the, the new iMac, remember the first iMacs that came out, the G3s? This is back in 1998. They were like candy. The colorful right? bubbles, yeah. Well, the new iMac really harkens back to that. The 24 inch, they only come in a 24 inch model. 
They come in a rainbow of colors, seven different colors, depending on the configuration that you want. And again, the M1 chip is an efficient, highly processing, uh, high processor chip. Um, and so 11.5 millimeters is the thickness of this all-in-one computer and display. It is ridiculous. It's almost like a laptop being held up and that's the entire computer that's going to be sitting on your desk these days. Now, they do look pretty slick. It is kind of cool if you wanted to coordinate your office and get blue or something like that. I do find it a little bit surprising because Acer, HP, all of those monitor companies have been making monitors that look like this for years. Not this thin, but I mean, keep in mind, those monitors are thin. They don't have a complete computer inside, so that's kind of cool. But the reality is, is that the design of this, I don't find it shockingly impressive where I'm like, I think they just stepped into the PC world with it. it, it it's less the design. I mean, this is actually the a very similar design that the iMac has had for over a decade. It's thinner. The other thing that it's done is they've got a different connector. So your power cable now, it attaches with a magnet connector. And you don't have to plug your Ethernet cable into the back of your computer anymore. You plug the Ethernet cable into the power brick that sits on the floor. And that signal through from the Ethernet actually feeds through the power cable. So it's a simpler design. It was the um, different Windows box computer companies that were copying the iMac, not the other way around. And what apple has done with these new imacs is just really make them look slick especially if you're in like a um some kind of well one day we'll all be back in offices can you imagine an office being set up and everybody's got these new imacs and everybody's got a different color they're very cool they're very sweet and they run quiet because they don't need the same kind of cooling system in them again the m1 chip runs very efficient so you don't have to have the same kind of cooling that's another reason that they can be as thin as they are. Well, the technology is amazing. There's no denying that. Um, now, there is some other pieces of this puzzle that um, we're not going to talk about today. But I, we, can we talk about the AirTags and uh, maybe save that for next week? What are the AirTags and what's exciting about them uh, and worth everyone coming back to hear about? Yeah, the AirTags is Apple's version of the Tile device, which are these small little, essentially, um, RFID tags that you can put in your wallet or attach to your keys or connect to your briefcase so you can always find these devices. Tile got the start with these kinds of things, and Apple's new AirTags is their version of the same kind of a thing. We can talk about those and some other moves that Apple has made to try and increase that ecosystem next week. All right, sounds good. Now, when it comes to the Google, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, and I find it concerning and scary, but maybe it's kind of sexy, too, that Google's moving into the bedroom. So, oh, how sexy is the new, Nest? This new, well, it's the second edition. This is the the first one released in 2018, and I think that Google's not making any excuses that the new Nest Hub they think belongs in the bedroom. It's a smart speaker, like many other smart speakers, 129 bucks, so it's actually cheap. It's got a seven inch screen on it. It looks much the same as er the earlier device, but what it's got in it is a new motion sensing. Um, 
device that can actually measure your sleep. And this is why Google thinks that it should be in your bedroom, because it, unlike the other sleep trackers, which are wearables, you've got to wear it on your wrist, um, the new Nest Hub can actually use this radar system in the device to measure how much you move. It's got microphones that can measure any kind of audio signals that are happening in the room so it knows when you're snoring and when you're not. It can measure the temperature of the room. And what it does is it and gives you an analysis of how well you're sleeping. And after a couple of weeks of using this, the idea is that it can actually give you some suggestions about what might make your sleep better. Maybe you need to cool the room down more. Maybe you're snoring more or moving around more than you thought. And there are some things that you can do to try and get that under control. Um, there is a hardwired switch on the Nest Hub. So you can turn all of those microphones off. Um, and it's not just a software turn off. It's actually a switch that you turn off. So all of those microphones can get turned off. And if you do put the Nest Hub in your bedroom, remember that that switch is there if you're in bed, but maybe not sleeping. Well, let's talk about that. Because this to me seems a very scary, slippery slope of evidence. And I don't mean for the, uh, the, the naughty way that you might think, but I'm thinking, you know, Hey baby, you're snoring. No, I'm not. Let's ask the Google and it's going to, it's going to provide evidence and it's going to not help for some of those disagreements that I got to tell you, it is a scary notion when a little robot sits on your nightstand with radar judging how much you move and the temperature of the room. Cause sometimes when you do go to sleep, um, it would be very, very scary if, uh, come on, big fella, you can do better, comes across the speaker. Yeah, just just wait until it starts talking back to you. That's right, right? Little words uh, of encouragement. Yeah, yeah, little cheerleader, go, 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 you can do it. I'm telling you, this, this is where this stuff scares me, man, so um, concerning. All right, uh, let's move on here to our next story, and um, let's talk about trees. Yeah, it's Earth Day tomorrow, or today, depending on what part of the country you're in. Um, and to celebrate Earth Day, uh, Tree Canada is planting a real tree for everyone that's being planted in video games. So this is a, a really interesting little promotion called the Tree Spree Challenge. So if you're playing a video game like Animal Crossing or Minecraft or Stardew Valley, these are just a few of the games in which you can actually grow plants. If you screenshot the tree that you've planted and tag it with the hashtag ShawTreeSpree, the um, Tree Canada is going to match every in-game tree with one planted in the real world. It's a cool idea. I hope people don't think that that's like happens every day. Just when you go on Minecraft and build a bunch of plant, a bunch of little forest pieces, because um, that would not be helpful. But in the spirit of Earth Day, kind of cool, kind of neat way to engage young people into um, into taking part. I like that. And plus, good marketing, right? Viral marketing always works. Okay, now um, Xbox on your iPhone—that's a crazy notion. Yeah, it was something that was kind of being toyed around with, and then Apple changed the rules about how companies had to fit within that ecosystem. Xbox has figured it out, and Xbox Cloud Gaming is going to deliver 
gaming experiences to anybody who's part of the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscription service. So you can play more than 100 different games on your iPhone or your iPad using an Xbox controller. If you're a member of the Ultimate Game Pass, you don't have to do anything. You'll get an email notifying you when you have access to this service. It's in beta right now. Um, and this is all happening through your browser. So you can use the Microsoft Edge browser, the Google Chrome browser, or the Safari browser on your device. And can you imagine what it's going to be like to play Gears of War or Skyrim on one of those new iPad Pros? It's going to be absolutely amazing. That's the technology, though, right? Isn't that like, do you think we're going to get to the point where it's not going to matter what platform you're using? Well, this is the um, thing that Google tried to do with its Stadia device. They tried to sort of remove any kind of hardware from it. And so this is just uh, more evidence that Google's not the only one playing around with this technology. Sony is as well. And it looks like Xbox is next out of the gate. And really, it's just continuing to improve that subscription service that they're hanging a lot of weight on, the Game Pass and the Game Pass Ultimate, uh, which is, you know, you pay one price um, per month and you get access to games on now almost any device that you can think of. Uh, text comes in about chips quickly asking about what's the status of the chips? I really want a PlayStation 5. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I have no specific information about supply for the different manufacturers. Uh, I do know that if you're looking for a PlayStation 5 or one of the Xbox Series S or X devices, uh, they are in short supply. And I haven't heard anything that is going to convince me that that's changing anytime soon. I do know that with the new uh, devices that Apple revealed yesterday, you can pre-order those at the end of the month on April 30th, but they're kind of ballparking a release date. They're saying second half of May right now. And I think that, again, that's because they might be having some issues with supply as well. Blaine Kylo at SoloCore, S-O-L-O-C-O-R-P-S dot com. And on the Twitter, Blaine, thank you very much, sir. You are welcome. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.